Let's go, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to episode five of the Founding Fellows podcast. I'm your host, or co-host, I should say, Zach Rainsford, and this is my other co-host, Braden Hind. Braden, how's life treating you today? I'm excited today, actually. I picked up a new set of golf clubs. That was probably the highlight of my week uh, oh, thus far. Baby. Let's hop right directly into that. Tell me more. You wouldn't. T- I, so, I texted you earlier. You wouldn't tell me what they were. So let's let's hear them. Yeah, picked up some Callaway Apexes. Uh, actually, scooped them off Kijiji. I'm a left-handed golfer, so obviously it's very hard to find left-handed clubs, even for people that play hockey. Left, a lot of them play golf, right? Um, so I've been kind of hunting for a new set of clubs after our uh, tournament that we'll get into last summer. I wanted to. I decided that I want to get back into golf about a, after about a five five-year hiatus. So I picked up some clubs. I've been looking. I looked at you know Golf Town and everything for Boxing Day. Didn't really have anything, especially for left-handed. Right, the the yeah. inventory has just been combed over. People were buying golf clubs left, right, and center, but especially lefties having such low production numbers. This guy actually posted it this morning in Hamilton. Went out for a little. Actually, Ancaster went out for a little hour drive. You know, wore a mask. He had him set up in the garage. Kept his distance. It was actually a super quick transaction. The guy played with the clubs a few times. They're like practically brand new condition. Love it. Um, so. I'm not complaining. I'm excited to get, I'm going to add a three quarter inch extension. Uh, grips are pretty nice, brand new medium grips. So I'm excited. I've got to, got to complete the set, grab a driver and some, uh, some woods. But other than that, I'm, I'm vibing. So what'd you get uh, there? The Ford pitching wedge or? Yep. Yep. Yeah, Ford exactly pitching wedge. Nice man. That is exciting. I also, well, I mean, you and I both kind of really got into golf this summer. I'd say I played a bit more than you, but we had that, uh, the Win Vegas tournament, which we'll get into in a minute, but I also mm-hmm. bought new clubs. I got uh, a Ping G400 driver and irons. Oh, nice. I, I love Ping. First ever club I got was actually a, a Ping 6 iron, I believe. I was like mm-hmm. I was like six years old. And uh, yeah, so I've been a Ping guy forever now. Um, got some Cobra wedges, though, which Cobra's not really known for the wedges, but I really enjoy how they play. And uh, using a you know, $35 potter. And uh, that must be why I don't make any pots, but. Potting with a glove on. Love it. (laughs) It's just more efficient. (laughs) When did you, uh, when did you grab that set? Like this past summer? Yeah. So I picked up the irons first, um, maybe like June-ish. And then uh, the driver went on sale. I got it all at golf town. The driver went on sale as well. And I I picked that up maybe a month and a half later. And uh I picked up a new bag as well with my buddy's discount from sport check. You know, Scotty. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I got this $300 like Callaway fairway bag and then uh, it was on sale for like 140 or like 130 or something ridiculous like that. So I got to shout out Scotty for that one. I actually just texted him. Congrats. Shout out Scotty. He just got a new job. I just texted him probably about an hour ago. Say congrats on the new job. I was chatting with him a bit, but maybe I'll have to hit him up and, uh, Ask for a bag discount if you still got the sport sport check connections. <laughs> I don't think they fired him yet, but it's a touch and go a couple times a, a month, I th- I'd say. My dad actually stole my bag like two years ago because I had stopped golfing, as I said, for like five years, and he just decided that he wanted my bag. I just, oh, nice... I thought you meant like he got you a bag, but it was like stolen, like he stole it from somebody and like gave <laughs> no, it to no. you. Like... No, full on disclaimer, <laughs> he did not steal the bag. No, I had a nice, I think it was like a, might have been a ping bag. It was Ooh. a sick bag, nice white bag and nice stand on it and everything. And he just like decided to one day he just emptied out my clubs, put them in this like <laughs> shitty old Wilson bag. And he just bought some new Callaway XRs at the time, just dumped them in there. And I've never been able to get the damn bag back. So he always, he owes you a bag essentially. Well, I said it today and you just told me in other words to fuck off. So I have to buy a new bag. <laughs> He's like, yeah, that's, like my, that's my rent fee for the basement. Yeah. I was going to say that. I was like, yeah, you have to. He'll buy the bag, but then you have to start paying like eight fifty a month rent, yeah. <laughs> and gro- you have to have pitch for like groceries and stuff too. Yeah, good, yeah. good trade off for sure. Yeah. Good trade off for Hoff sure. Deal. And maybe just uh, hit up Scotty for the discount there. Yeah, so, seriously, but no, I, yeah, you're you're gonna talk about what I'm about to talk about. Just saying, pretty much the golf tournament last year fired me up for golf. That was the first time I golfed, probably the third time I golfed within five years, and it was just yeah. So you first say time with the boys. I don't believe that for a minute. This guy is a sandbagger. So how do we do it? There was nine guys there, right? Nine yeah, guys. And yeah, we split nine. into uh, three teams of three. And we did sort of like a draft. So we had the the three best golfers as kind of like captains. 
And then uh, we'd have a second round where there's like guys that golfed a couple times a year. And then a third round where guys that didn't play golf basically at all. And uh, Braden, your team, your team won. Who was on your team? I had Jax, shout out Jackson and Herms. Shout out Herms if you need a mortgage, look him up. Yeah. So who was your captain? Was it Herms? No, Jax. Jax. Okay. So Jax, his job is basically he installs and like sells golf simulators. Herms, I play with him and he's basically the same tier as me. And then you were striping him just as good as the rest of us for the third round pick. So yeah, we got sandbagged in that uh, in that <laughs> tournament there. I, I know Cheese was a little rattled. <laughs> was it? Was he? I actually wouldn't have been surprised. She's he's just he's the temper runs hot in that guy. Competitive. He's, he's, he's passionate. He's passionate. But in all honesty, I did not think I was going to be a sandbagger. It was honestly the third time I played golf. <laughs> did you see the clubs I was playing with? I had fucking velocity clubs. I don't even know what those are. I yeah, I, I don't they're, even know what that is. Way too short for me. Uh, I couldn't drive off the tee tee block or tee box to save my life. Um, I actually started like. Dude, did you see me tee off at all? Well, we played the last like, like, hole or two together, didn't we? Yeah. I was playing. I would turn like 60 degrees to the right just to make sure my drive was somewhat straight. Play the slice. <laughs> That's like Scotty, I think. So it was me, Scotty, and who was our third? Um, I can't remember who our third was. Um, but maybe, oh, it was Pager. It was myself, Scotty, and Pager. And Scotty off the tee box he just aims about 45 degrees to the right and uh he pumps it just as hard as he can and then it it's not like you can't really call it a draw but it just draws back in in the middle yeah yeah he's a he's a lefty as well so let's uh let me read the name yeah (laughs) the best part of this tournament by far was the name that we came up with after we played the tournament we were sitting on the uh the clubhouse patio just enjoying a couple uh, burgers and beers. So the name for the annual Win Vegas tournament is, well, at least the inaugural one, the inaugural Win Vegas Open International Invitational International Fall Classic Invitational Open Tournament Championship Scramble Classic <laughs> World Championship. And you know what? Getting I can my say back. that that was my first win. Yeah, you're one for one. Yeah, so we went around the table there and we just essentially, everyone had to, Pitch in a uh, a new word, and we just added it to the uh, to the title there. So, where are we going to play next year, though? And uh, where are we going next year? Oh wow! Ooh, Great minds thinking. Ooh. Like I, I'm thinking, like I'm thinking Arizona. <laughs> I uh, I would love to go golf in Arizona. I think that would be unbelievable. Um, see how what the budget's looking like there. It's either going to be uh, Arizona or maybe like you know the GTA area or something like that. Yeah, but yeah, dude, there's Arizona some uh, would be there's so some really sweet. nice courses. Anywhere between, you know, London to parts of the GTA or even Hamilton and like kind of that stretch through Kitchener Waterloo, you get some really nice courses and up towards Hamilton, you got some nice courses. So there's no shortage of courses. We'll find one. Definitely not. I was thinking we should do like a two day uh, scramble tournament this year. So like your scores like carry over, you're like re-scout or something or like redraft. But yeah, that was, that was probably the highlight of my summer, quite frankly. That was phenomenal. No, that was definitely the best weekend of the summer. And it was at a time where I needed it, obviously uh coming out of isolation a little bit able to play a bit of golf it was uh, yeah it was a great weekend dude you remember our airbnb yeah (laughs) (laughs) and a side alley and then yeah behind a pizza pizza side alley we were walking down uh we were walking up and down the main street in windsor like and there were like bars and stuff like pat like they closed the street down for patio season essentially and there's just tons of people out on like patios and stuff and we're walking around with pillows golf bags and like a backpack <laughs> full of alcohol and then a uh like a duffel bag of clothes and everyone's just looking at us like what's wrong with these guys and, and we, we got i remember we got cat called sorry to cut you off we got cat called by some uh some middle-aged women we'll say and <laughs> i remember it was abe and i walking at the back and they're like oh you guys want to come to the uh, the apartment maybe if you get lost and i was just like holy holy like yeah. we're back in windsor <laughs> <laughs> do you have an extra bed in there for us <laughs> yeah seriously but no, it was fun, and I remember that was actually the weekend in Ontario where they were closing the bars down. They had to close at like midnight, all restaurants and bars, because we were yeah. going to go for drinks that night. And then uh, we ended up seeing we all got really hungover after a day like, <laughs> playing golf all day, and then had naps, and everyone was hungover. And we saw an ad for the keg. It's like, why not tonight or whatever? Why not enjoy the night? And we're like, you know what? 
yeah, fire it up. <laughs> we were watching the Stanley Cup finals, weren't we? And then like a, yeah, yeah, yeah. a keg ad came on and we had like a rezzo at the bar and stuff. And we, I don't even, I think we texted somebody that like texted somebody else that worked at the bar and was like, hey, uh, that group of nine's not coming. They're... <laughs> They're going yeah. elsewhere. <laughs> and I just went and to we the keg. Room. Like, hey, we got a room at the keg and it was just. That was a nice little private room. Yeah. I remember the J-Lore cheese and I were just ripping bottles of J-Lore. He was yeah. loving it. Yeah. Man, they let us stay there till they were supposed to shut it down at like midnight, right? We stayed till like 1230, 1245 ish though. That yeah. I almost won. That manager was pretty cool. That manager was yeah. awesome. But I went back there. I'm not going to say which keg establishment as well. I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus here. But yeah. I went back to the same establishment a couple of a uh, couple of weeks later, and they they made us leave literally at like eleven fifty nine. I was like, ah, come on, like I got to finish my mojito here, and they're like, no, nope, gotta leave. That's probably because we just spent a shit ton of money between all of us in that room. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, I had like a seven course meal. Uh, I think everyone had yeah. a seven course meal. Multiple drinks, bottles of wine are flowing. That was a fun, yeah. fun weekend. I need another one of those uh, when stuff openings back up again here. No, 100%. But speaking of getting things rolling, we're actually some NHL news today that's big. Mike Hoffman, we were talking, we've talked about him. He's been a recent trend on the podcast. He signed a PTO with the Blues. Um, Craig Anderson signed a PTO with the Caps. What do you think of these these two PTOs? Well, just for the people that don't know uh, what the PTO is, it's a pro tryout. So Mike Hoffman, he's coming off a 29-goal season in a, in a season that was shortened due to COVID. And I think he went into free agency expecting maybe a six, five to seven year deal somewhere in the realm of, I'd say 6.5 mil yep. was kind of like what he was hoping for before COVID happened. He was probably expecting somewhere in the eight to nine mil region, but uh, obviously cap constraints and stuff like that really brought down what these free agents this year received. And uh, yeah, he ended up signing a pro trial with the St. Louis blues. So he doesn't even have a contract. And I was doing some reading about that because my initial reaction was like, you've got like, is this guy like, I know exactly how you're about bad to the say. market is right yeah. now. Like, yeah, it's insane. And there's been some uh, issues off ice with, uh, with him. And I was wondering if that maybe had something to do with him only receiving a PTO, but then it was kind of explained by a couple of the insiders and they talked about how the PTO is actually a good option for him because He's not getting the contract that he wants right away, but it sounds like there mm-hmm. is some stuff in the works. But a yep. PTO gets him into a training camp, and that's really what exactly. you need this year. You can't be sitting out. So yep. he's not – it, and the, the PTO allows him to keep speaking to other teams. So even though he's going to the St. Louis Blues training camp, the Boston Bruins can still offer him a seven-year, $5 million a year deal contract or something like mm-hmm. that, and he can sign in and go play with for the Bruins. Like that's It's not yeah, – And he's going to be in game teams. shape, and he can roll right into the, to the season. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think of that PTO? It's kind of a good move, eh? Yeah, it was it was exactly what you just said. I, that was my I, initially I was like, you know what? Kind of weird. I think he just wants to be in game shape. Now the Craig mm-hmm. Anderson one, I think is more so obviously with Lundqvist get better soon. I saw he's actually having a, a surgery or a couple surgeries Open coming up in the surgery. next few days. Yeah. Um, so good luck to him for sure. Hopefully has a fast recovery. But Craig Anderson, obviously not coming off a great season last year. He's getting old, but He's got old. Marcus. He is old. Yeah, yeah, he's old. <laughs> he was getting old yeah. five years ago. Yeah, <laughs> I think he's what, like thirty-five? No, he's he's way up there. He's like 30, really. I think yeah, he's. Holy moly! But I love his story. I love yeah. uh, Craig Anderson's story. I don't yeah. think that he's got much left in the tank, much left to offer a team. Yeah, he's thirty-nine years old, and wow. uh, he was drafted. Do you think he's enough 19- for one season? Yeah, I mean, in a reduced role, like maybe a backup role. I think there's definitely a probability or possibility that he does okay there. Uh, They've got Mm -hmm. the caps have Ilya Samsonov as their up and coming goaltending prospect who I think is going to play the majority of their games this year. And Craig Anderson's maybe just there in a, at a mentorship role or something like that. I mean, he hasn't been offered the contract yet, but like he, it's exactly exactly. as well. Right. So. And I cut you off. What'd you say? 19, what, sorry, you got drafted? 1990. 1999. So he has been around the league for an incredible amount of time. He's had an incredible career. He's battled a ton of adversity. His wife actually had a, a pretty big scare with cancer there. And he mm-hmm. took a couple of couple of weeks off just to be with her. And then his first game back, he recorded a shutout. And I remember, I remember that game pretty distinctly. He was in tears and stuff. And that was, that was incredible to watch that game, but I, yeah, yeah great career. Um, I hope he can, I hope he's got more left in the tank there. And uh, yeah, well, I guess we'll see going forward at what he does with the caps 
Yeah. Yeah. And there was actually one more signing to break the Hab signed Corey Perry to a one year, 750 K deal. What are your thoughts on that? Well, it's really weird. I thought uh, Corey Perry was going to want to sign with a contender, but he chose to go to the Montreal <laughs> Canadiens. So <laughs> I think actually I, you, I did, uh, you can be quoted actually on the podcast a couple episodes ago saying the Habs had a hell of an off season to watch out for him. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, I think they, I think I said they had a hell of an off season. I don't know if I said to watch out for them because, uh, they're still going to be, I mean, the best they can finish in that Canadian division is second. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I don't think they're going to be top of the division. first. No, I, I agree that I think, uh, <laughs> either one of the, the West coast teams, I could see one of Calgary or Edmonton having a really good season actually. And then maybe well, Toronto will be at the top of the, at the pack. And if they're not, then the entire organization will probably be hunted down and slaughtered. But um, <laughs> I'm going to be leading the charge. The yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a top four from each division that make the playoffs. So there's definitely, yeah. I'm going to assume the Leafs, they on paper should absolutely be a lock. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Who else do you think is a lock in there? I think the Habs are going to be in the playoffs as I well. Think, yeah. I think they're going to be fringe. Depends how a lot of the new signings and young guys start to perform. They definitely mm-hmm. have the potential to, to slip in there in, a, in third or fourth position. Absolutely. I think the Oilers are going to have a good year. I think McDavid's just going to wreak havoc in the Canadian division. Yeah. Uh, light it up. Uh, I think Calgary, I don't know if Calgary's going to make it. Honestly, I feel like there might be a dis- bit uh, dysfunctional this year. I know Goudreau rumors uh, have been circling for a long time now, but uh, it almost feels like it it could happen soon. I yeah. just don't know if that's the core they want to have moving forward. Uh, Vancouver still really young. You know, it's going to be a lot of challenges for their character, right? Do they have that in them? Uh, the Besters and the Pedersons to actually compete in a, in a division like this with a schedule like this under circumstances like this. So yeah. it's not just about, you know, previous and, and past experience and goal scoring capability. I think it's going to be a lot of mental warfare as well on these young guys. The thing with the Canucks is they, you know, they kind of regress this offseason. Last uh, playoffs, they beat the defending Stanley Cup champions and eliminated them, the St. Louis Blues. But they kind of lost some some big pieces this year. Like, they lost to Foley to your Canadians. Yep. And, uh, you know, they lost some, They lost Tanev. They lost their starting goaltender, Markstrom. Mm-hmm. Albeit they did sign Holpe, and uh, they did get Nate Schmidt as well from Vegas. And Nate Schmidt, he's a very, very solid, uh, good-on-his-feet defenseman. I mean, Holpe's got a Stanley Cup. He's got it. He's a little bit older now. He kind of got pushed out of the net by Samson up there mm-hmm. in Washington. Washington wanted to go a different direction, but I think him and him and Thatcher Demko are going to be a good uh, one-two punch, one A, one B sort of thing there. So, yeah, the Canucks are a wild card for me this year, though. Yeah, no, it'll be interesting. But uh, speaking of another Canadian team, actually, the Senators made a trade today. They traded uh, goalie Anders Nielsen and forward Marion Gabrick, who is not playing anymore. Yeah, for he's on listening. I think he's on long term, right? Yeah, he's on long-term injured reserve, okay. so basically yeah. his cap hit, he doesn't count against the cap. Yep. They traded it to the Lightning for uh, center Cedric Paquette and D. Brandon Coburn, as well as a second-round pick in 2022. Braden Coburn. Yeah, Braden Coburn, sorry. Yeah. Whenever I see the uh, mispre- misspelling of my own name, <laughs> it goes right to Brandon. Throws you for a loop, eh? Yeah, so that's obviously a cap move by uh, by the Lightning. They're up against the, the salary cap. They've basically maxed out their a lot of dollars for this year as far as player salaries go. And I think that explains why we're seeing Paquette and Coburn who are, I mean, Paquette's definitely still got a lot show out there on the ice. And uh, same with Coburn. Uh, Coburn's maybe a good four, five, six D man for them. And that second round picks quite nice. Yeah, no, I think it was actually a, is a phenomenal trade for the centers. They actually did pick up. Um, we didn't add it to the notes. Who'd they pick up from Arizona? Derek Stepan. Derek Stepan, and that was for a second-round pick, right? So they just replenished that second-round pick, Yeah, picked up Stepan, and then on top of that, Paquette and, and Coburn. So they've made some good moves. I know I don't like them. It's pretty obvious anyone that listens that I don't like them, but i got to give kudos where kudos is due, and I think the Sens aren't going to be as dog shit as they were poised to be. Yeah, I think they'll definitely be uh, seventh in the division still, but uh, yeah, maybe yeah, have more can. than six wins. Maybe they'll have eight or nine. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of you're just adding a bunch of dysfunctional pieces together and hoping it. I can do a car, and you kind of just hope it gets you point A to point B. It's kind of yeah. what it seems like they're doing. But yeah, exactly. They've got like two uh, Lamborghini like bolts and pieces in there. Like maybe a Lamborghini brake pad when uh, and Thomas Shabbat and uh, Brady Kachuk, and then they've got 
you know, just a couple of wheels falling off as well. And some other players kind of like out there, kind of like an old, an old camper van just kind of rolling down the highway. But speaking of camper vans, did you hear what happened in, uh, in Nashville on Christmas day? Yeah, man, that's, that's, it's strange. Eh? Like very strange. A lot of questions about what happened. So yeah, very strange. And well, I don't really have much either. I was kind of doing some investigative work and just a pre precursor to what I'm about to go into. I was able to do that camper transition lightheartedly because no one was killed in the explosion. Uh, thankfully three people were injured. I'm not sure what condition they're in uh, and a suspect has been named, but they're not actually sure the motive. So essentially on Christmas day and um, part of downtown Nashville, a camper van exploded and it was an intentional blast supposedly uh, ruining, you know, buildings, 40, business friends. 40. Yeah. 40 of them. Uh, and they're still not sure the motive. This was actually, we're recording at 7:20 right now, PM Eastern. This was probably up 40 minutes ago. They still weren't sure the guy's motive. Yeah, so they did find uh, remains on the blast scene, but it's expected that it was uh, the prime suspect there. It was his his remains. But it's a very odd situation. So it sounds like this the suspect was in his uh, mid-60s. He's a computer. I don't know if geek's the right term or a computer. What's that? Was he a programmer? Yeah, yeah, a computer programmer. That is exactly the word I was looking for. And uh, <laughs> I just offended all the wicked programmers out there, geek. <laughs> <laughs> I use it as a compliment. It's it's yeah. impressive. Maybe clean some viruses off my computer for me. I'd appreciate it. But yeah, did you hear about the countdown that was going off on the on the van? No, no. So you, you might even know a lot more about it than me. I just kind yeah, of yeah. I read an article. I read an article. Oh, uh, that's the research. <laughs> so 15 minutes prior to the blast, there was this warning going off from the van. It said, "I'm paraphrasing here. There are explosives in this van." clear the area the bomb set to go off in 15 minutes and it just repeated it was like an auto-generated uh, voice yeah. just saying it over and over and over so it's like i don't think the guy's intent was to to kill anybody i like if he just wanted to ruin business fronts and, and well, screw his lives or what but it sounds like at&t might have been his uh his targets there so okay. which kind of goes with the computer programmer career choice the rv was parked right in front of an at&t building mm-hmm and so that's what they're expecting. And it went off at like six something AM. So, I mean, I don't, I still don't understand the motive behind that, but it sounds like maybe just doing some destruction to that building was the target. Maybe he had beef with AT&T. Maybe he was like fired or something from there. That's complete speculation. But yeah, cause I feel like if he was disgruntled, like that probably would have been covered in the, in the media. Cause I think his name's out there. I won't, I won't look up his name because yeah. I don't want to empower the name, but if that is the the motive behind it, or going after AT and T, why not go after towers, right? I'm not really too sure why you'd go after storefronts. Yeah, it's it's um, a very odd case for sure. Like, yeah, and you have sending the warning. And as I know? said, yeah, thankfully no one was was injured aside or, or killed beside aside from him and the person that the perp, so to speak. Um, but it was really unfortunate seeing all those 40 businesses ruined and it kind of just goes on with that continuing trend about, you know, businesses struggling, especially in the United States and Canada, uh, right now. And it kind of leads me on to the, the next point I wanted to talk about was Dave Portnoy's barstool relief fund for small business. Have you, uh, have you been following out of it? I've, I follow Dave Portnoy on, uh, on Twitter and I've seen him tweeting about it a ton. I don't know too much about it. What do you know? Uh, so essentially he was called out by a billionaire, uh, when he was going off on his rants about New York City closing its indoor dining and seeing it had to be done outside with the, the snowstorms coming and basically talking about taking away people's right to earn a living through small business, uh, you know, the American dream, essentially. And someone called him out and said, you know what, put your money where your mouth is, do $500,000, I'll match it, and we'll get rolling. And I was actually listening to his podcast this morning, and he kind of got into further detail about the billionaire that did call him out has his own charity. But he actually wanted to start his own because now things are run at Barstool. They like to have that control, which makes sense being an yeah. organization of that magnitude and, and using their name rather than being partners. So they started their own. It's it's a learning curve for them. But as of the time of this recording, they've actually raised approximately $8 million with 73,000 donors. And I believe that they've already helped over 30 small businesses. So they're doing some really good work and ensuring that some people don't have to close their doors. I mean, it's incredible what they're doing. Barstool is kind of associated with just uh, not not necessarily a greatest the greatest reputation, right? There, mm-hmm. some people think that it's a misogynistic company and that they have poor morals and stuff like that. But you know, they're taking their platform and they're doing good with it. That eight million dollar raised by seventy three thousand donors and really just turning it into a 
a, a big publicity thing for them as well. It's a, I mean, it's mutually beneficial for sure from a, a business standpoint for Barstool. Mm-hmm. Kind of helps them with their public image. Uh, it's it's great that they're able to help out and you know kind of make a difference with their platform. Yeah, yeah. I think as you said, they have a bit of a tarnished reputation. You either tend to love them or hate them. Uh, mm-hmm. I lean more to the side of enjoying their content. I think they can cross the line like anyone can sometimes, but I think that's part of the beauty of the company, right? Where not everyone's perfect and not every company is perfect. But yeah, doing something like this and kind of just giving back to the community and and investing in the community is so important, especially for a media conglomerate of this size. So it's really nice to see that they're not just talking about, you know, uh, football and, and basketball. But speaking of basketball, I wanted to ask you this question last week. I didn't ask you uh because we kind of just got on random story rants last week or last episode. Uh, but who, who's your favorite NBA player right now? Who's my favorite NBA player? That's tough. Do you have one off the top of your head? I, I have two. I have two big ones. Uh, people are probably going to chirp me for them. But my my top two are Andrew Wiggins. Wait, let me guess and, the other one. Let me guess. Yeah. Give me, uh, is it an Eastern or Western Conference team? Eastern. Eastern. Oh, not the Raptors. Not Raptors, no. Yeah, I didn't think so. Definitely not Kyle Lowry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we know that. Um, oh, is he? Has he been in the league for a long time? No. No. Okay. Uh, Lamelo Ball. No, the balls suck ass. <laughs> <laughs> I had to go off the uh, uh, off the kind of platform there. Yeah. Who is it? Uh, R.J. Barrett. Oh, the Canadians. I love yeah, it. I love the Canadians, man. RJ Barrett, I think he's poised to have a pretty good season. I think he's going to become an all-star in the NBA one day. I hope he does. That'd be phenomenal for Canadian basketball. And Canadian basketball is killing it lately. They've got, I think, 40-something players in the NBA now. Like People don't really recognize yeah. how many of these guys are in the NBA. And you've got very little people recognize and know that Jamal Murray, who is a superstar oh, in the NBA. He's from Kitchener. He's from Kitchener. Yeah, he's from KW. Kitchener. He's an incredible player, and uh, yeah, he's Canadian. So it's nice to see the Canadian presence in the NBA going up and kicking it up a notch. Like 40-something players is incredible. But just touching on R.J. Barrett, I hate the Knicks. Oh, I, I hate the Knicks too. Because their ownership group, well, not ownership group, owner is literally delusional. It's James Dolan. <laughs> you guys uh, can look him up and make your own uh, – opinion about him but not really a good you know owner he he's actually banned a fan from attending any new york knicks games for yelling at him to sell the team like all the new york knicks fans want him to sell the team and like move on and get out of there but he won't do it and uh it's just a tough situation for new york knicks fans it's uh, almost uh similar to ottawa senators you got poor yeah. ownership group there in eugene yeah. melnick and should probably sell the team but eugene's not going to do it and neither is james dolan yeah no the thing i love about bear is I think he's he's been written off by a lot of people. Like Canadian, there's a Canadian stigma because yeah. you had uh, Anthony Bennett come in, who's one of the biggest flops in NBA history. Yeah, that was tough. And then Andrew Wiggins is also he's really improved his game in the last few years. Um, you know, points, shooting percentage, uh, board work, assist. He's actually really improved. Uh, and you look at Barrett last year was on a, just a stinker of a Knicks team. Yeah, that was a little bit. Yeah, they were bad, and they've gotten a little bit better, but they're still nowhere near being a contender. You know, three games in this year. First game, he had 26 points. He was 11 for 15 on field goal. He had a stinker versus the 76ers. Tough team, especially when you're on the Knicks. He was two for 15 with 10 points, so not a good night. But then he bounced back against the Bucks. Against the Bucks, seven for 17, 17 points. So, if he can find that consistency in his game, I think he can be around a 22 point per game player this season. I mean, I hope he is. That's uh, that'd be incredible for Canada basketball there, and uh, it would be nice to see kind of some of these. What is it? Is it FIBA Federation International Basketball Association or something like that? Yeah, I don't know what it is, like that. but that's basically the uh, like the Olympic and the the international competitions. It'd be nice to see Canada really compete there. Uh, as far as my favorite players go in the NBA. I love Luka Doncic. I think he is sick. sick. He's so sick. Plays for the Dallas Mavericks. I just like the Mavs organization too. Uh, Mark Cuban from the top down. That's an example of what you want from an ownership group. Like that guy cares so much about the team. He's willing to spend whatever he needs to spend to uh, make that team basically a contender every year. Uh, I think he's he's an incredible owner. And uh, I like Steph Curry as well. He plays with some swagger. He's kind of an undersized guy. Yep. And he's he's really changed the game of basketball. He, I mean, the small ball, three-point shooting wasn't really a, a big aspect in the NBA 10 years ago, if you, thought, if you look at it. And 
Little known fact, actually, Steph Curry's wife, Aisha Curry, is from Markham, Ontario. Wow. Did you know that? I, I knew she was Canadian, but I didn't know she was from Markham. Maybe she's well, she, she could be. But speaking of Dantich, while you're looking that up, they actually slapped the Clippers last night, 124-73. That was insane, yeah. Shut up, Markham. Yeah, I was actually – did you so. see the deficit there? The uh, the first half deficit was 77 for the Mavs to 27 for the Clippers. Yeah. <laughs> that was the biggest – that's the largest uh, first half deficit in the shot clock era. So that is that insane. Is insane. Was was Kawhi playing? No, he was out hurt because, <laughs> actually, funny enough, Serge Ibaka elbowed him, and uh, it was I saw it on like Six Buzz or whatever that that Instagram account, and uh, people were saying that essentially the Raptors sent Serge Ibaka to to the Clippers <laughs> to like take him out for a couple of games to take Kawhi Leonard out for a couple of games just as retribution for leaving and stuff. And there's lots of jokes. They're like, yeah, Serge is a double agent. He's like, yeah, your work there is done. You can come back to the Raptors now. Pretty funny. It was pretty jokes. Yeah, George didn't have a good game either. But, man, I remember in university, like fourth year especially, playing so much 2K on Xbox. But it kind of brings me to another question I wanted to ask you. Are you, you an Xbox or PlayStation guy? I know new consoles just dropped. I am an Xbox guy. I always have been, always will be. All my roommates I've ever lived with have been PlayStation guys. They've tried to peer pressure me into it and chirp me for my entire life for being an Xbox guy. But if you don't think that the Xbox is better, you're delusional. And are you playing on the new system or a new console or what? Uh, no, I am not because I'm a starving post-grad. Uh, I can barely afford rice, so I do not have the new <laughs> Xbox. Um, it's definitely something I'm looking at maybe getting though in, in the future. They've got uh, that Microsoft Flight Simulator. It's for it's free on uh, the new Xbox, so I'm kind oh, of interested nice. there, you know. Yeah. Buy some planes. Yeah, your yeah, cup of tea. I, I used to be an Xbox guy, the 360 when I was a kid. Then I ripped the Xbox One, and then I hopped hopped over to the PS4. And no. I, I've never looked back. I, I like the PS4. I think it's cleaner. I think it's better organized. It's not as cluttered. And um, Controller sucks. Eventually. Though. Controller is tough because I have big hands, and I did like the, the Xbox One controllers because it was a bit easier on the hands, and the PS4 is more condensed. So I'm kind of like yeah. you know, holding my own hand when I'm playing. They're not very I durable have, either. The, no, uh, the but PS4 the new PS, the PS5 ones are pretty nice. My buddy's got the PS5, and I was holding the controller. It's better for big hands. Uh, feels a lot more sturdy, and they actually have these like, cool sensors and stuff that will vibrate like certain buttons and stuff. Yeah, it's like it's variable like vibration sort of. Yeah, but just yeah, to, yeah, so. watching on the PS4 controllers as far as durability goes, those things cannot handle being thrown into a wall. Like, that they, is fair. My roommate's uh, cheese, cheese for the most part. He would go through PS4 controllers, you know, as he would go through toilet paper. Just something that uh, the guy used way too much of. And uh, yeah, it really cost him. He'd probably go through a, a PS4 controller once a semester. Yeah, <laughs> and, well, he was uh, like, he was highly ranked, I think, in, in NHL at one point, wasn't he? Like, there was legit. one point where he was like top 30 in like the world for this like one uh, shell tournament or something like that. So the guy was disgusting at the video game. But when he was losing, his controllers would take a, take a beating for sure. He'd do the same where he'd like squeeze it. He'd be like, and he'd like squeeze the edges of the controllers together and it would like pop it in the middle and stuff. <laughs> I don't think any controller can take that. He's got some fucking guns on him. Yeah, he does. That guy's ripped. Not uh, another thing with Chad, his rage when he was playing uh, Chell in the basement was some of the best rage that I've ever heard. <laughs> it's, I'm, uh, I'm going to try and pull up some of his common quotes. Uh, he would always get mad at his guys in the video game for not skating. He'd be like, did you come to play? Did you come to play oh, today? Yeah, yeah. Sit your ass this. on the bench. You are worthless. <laughs> he's yelling at these guys like he's not controlling them. They're like, Chad, it's going to be okay, he's like, man. He's like, what are you doing? He's freaking out. Yeah, what are you? Get on the bench. You didn't come to play. <laughs> <laughs> Chad, the controller's in your hands. Well, actually, it's against the wall right now, but. Well, he got so upset, and I know he's going to be listening to this, and I was the only guy that could beat him on a consistent basis. I think I the tally was probably like 20 games to three over our entire <laughs> university career. Shout out, Cheese. So I'm probably one of the – I was probably one of the highest-ranked players in the world at the, at the time. As soon as this drops, he's going to, like, call us and be like, false, that's false. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to start his own podcast <laughs> just to say that was false. <laughs> Once again, Braden sandbagging. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, can't, we can't have him on anytime soon. No, we got to yeah, let his memory kind of fade a little bit so he doesn't remember that. And uh, he might still show up at your door, though. 
And if, if they do that, just call like the COVID protocol people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> detain them, detain them. But uh, you want to hop on some uh, some Twitter trends? Check I just pulled up Twitter right here. And you know what? We got an interesting one for you. We've got Domi, the name Domi trending in Canada right now. So I'm going to take a click on that. It could be Ty Domi, former Toronto Maple Leafs, or it could be Max Domi, the son of Ty Domi, former Montreal Canadian mm-hmm. and current Columbus Blue Jackets. So let's see what we got here. Read this tweet here. So Mark Bergevin's recent work out Max Domi in Josh Anderson, Jake Allen, Joel Edmondson, Alexander Romanov, Tyler Toffoli, Michael Froelich, Corey Perry. And he also got some contract extensions in there for Jeff Petrie and Brendan Gallagher. That is some incredible GM work. Well, it's about time. He's been there for what? Eight years. Yeah. He was just all saving it for this year. Yeah, he, he was I working know, on his good... biceps up until uh, up yeah, until this year. Dude, yeah, he's got he's... like two full sleeves too. And yeah, he's a man. He's a man muscle. Like if he is he married? I'm gonna, I I'm gonna Google. Yeah, I uh, I saw a picture of him at like a golf tournament last summer, and this guy's biceps are like bigger than my legs, and I had I okay. do not have small legs. He's he's married. Um, Lucky lady, she, beautiful lady. But dude, I just pulled up a picture of him. Oh my gosh, he's <laughs> huge. It's he's dude, he's got to be. He has to be juicing. He has to be juicing. This is why he's able to like pull off deals like this. He does all his transactions in person and just basically threatens and uh, crumbles. Like, could you imagine Kyle Dubas sitting in a meeting with Mark Bergevin? Who do you think is going to win that trade? He'd, he'd piss himself. Yeah. Dude, so yeah. Piss himself. yeah. Kyle Dubas is going out of there. He's got pitters and he's got like pee everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but Bergevin's a man missile. Yeah. All right. So let's see what else is going on here with Domi. Yeah, it's basically just pumping Bergevin's tires, which honestly he does deserve this year. Uh, you got a trend? There. Um, you know, this is a bit of a rarity, but I have something good that that uh, Justin Trudeau today, okay. something that okay. I agree with. Uh, Justin Trudeau blocks China from buying an Arctic gold mine in Canada. Uh, strategic like Canadian it. Arctic uh, positioning. Great move to block that. Great yeah. move. We don't need uh, foreign interference. Uh, let's see what else I can pop up. I'm on the, I'm on the world one again. So we've gotten that sorted out. I'm just on like the general world. I turned off my location, so I have no idea where I am. Um, let's see what else is kicking here. Well, I'm in North America one, I think. Okay, this one's actually interesting because we can talk about this after. So did you ever hear the story of uh, Lori Lolan, I believe it's pronounced, uh, paying for her kids to get into, into college in the U.S.? I don't know if it's like the same person I'm thinking of, but she's got like a celebrity, like a B-list or C-list celebrity of some sort, and she like – paid admissions at some u.s school right yeah like her daughter was famous online i think i think that's the one. Oh, okay yeah i i read something about that like that happened like a year or two ago or a couple of years ago didn't it yeah it happened a couple of years ago i just want to google to make sure it's the right person because yeah it is her olivia jade is her famous daughter and tried to pay to get in school so Lori lawlin was released from prison after serving two months for college admissions scandal so uh, she was released two months in person for her role in the u.s wide admissions scandal where she paid five hundred thousand u.s for two daughters to attend the university of south Carolina. that's insane that's that she went to jail for it what is, do you, it is what do you think about that is that not more the admissions office at us yeah i think it, it's so <laughs> intricate i think right because it's something to do with with bribery yeah i'm not sure the legalities of why she's in yeah it, it seems a little bit harsh, but I guess the U.S. kind of their penitentiary system is uh, very skewed and anger in their thinking. Like people go to jail for marijuana possessions in the states, so I think, right? Like, yeah, yeah, like it's definitely not right what she did, uh, punishable by. It's a moral hmm. thing. I don't think a jail time yeah. thing. Like the terms incarceration, I believe, but incarceration for something like that, uh, bit severe. I think the social cancel culture surrounding her and her family plus a fine would probably have sufficed. Yeah. And I mean that, I still think it comes down on USC's admission office. They get reprimanded. I, I, I'm not totally sure. I, I just know at the time the media just attacking her and her family. And apparently after the release, there, she's required to pay $150,000 fine and perform 100 hours of community service. So that was kind of the middle ground there, I guess. But uh, I know Olivia Jade was actually like a very popular social media. I recognize celebrity. that. Yeah. Uh, I, have, I have no idea what's really happening. I'm assuming she's falling off the map. So why is she, oh, she's trending because the mom's like released from prison. You know, so like, no, the daughter's Olivia Jade, but her, her, her mom's trending right now. But like, obviously in the tweet, they're talking about, and here's one last one for me. And then we'll see if you got another one. So Chinese citizen journal, Zhang Zhang has been jailed for reporting on early COVID-19 outbreak in Wu. Yeah, I saw that actually. It kind of just goes on with, you know, if you believe everything out of China and China's numbers and that China didn't, you know, wasn't fully aware. 
bogus hero to lunch. If you yeah. can't wrap your head around the possibility of them not being truthful and you want to just be in that perfect world scenario where everyone's telling the truth and everyone, it's all sunshine and rainbows, you got to wake up. Yeah, absolutely. The restrictions that the Chinese government has on their on their citizens is insane. Like there's the issue of the the two Michaels. I don't know their last yep. names, but I know their first names are both yep. Michaels. They've been jailed in the, in China for like two years or something like that, right? And Trudeau's done yep. essentially nothing. I don't understand why they have not been released yet. They were journalists, right? And they, the Chinese think that they were spies. I think they were businessmen, actually. I didn't think they were oh, journalists. And they okay. got uh, charged with espionage. And then under Chinese uh, law, I believe they're denied the right to have legal counsel, probably being kept in inhumane quarters. You know, and there's What's talk the, of them uh, being executed, I believe. So that's insane. Oh, heaven forbid, heaven forbid. Yeah. Canada's got to step up and do something there. Like it's. Yeah, because then it got uh, interesting with uh, because we, we arrested actually on behalf of the United States, we arrested one of the executives of Huawei. That's what I was trying to figure out. I couldn't remember the yeah. company. I was thinking haiku for something. I was like, no, that's a poem. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, she's actually still going through the courts, I think, in Canada. I think the U.S. won, but I think we still have her here. But that's a bit of a mess. And that's probably the biggest reason why the Chinese are holding the uh, two Michaels. But uh, it's it's a mess. And if I urge anyone that wants to look into it further, pull up the data, or not data, rather pull up the facts, bunch of articles, uh, and really get into it because it's, it's a bit of a grim topic to cover. Yeah, it's been pretty widely, widely covered. Okay, so the next trend I've got here is Senate. It's uh, trending in politics, 433,000 tweets about it. So let's take a look. Yeah, it might lead us right into our next topic. House votes to increase COVID-19 stimulus payments to $2,000. So that's a U.S. thing there. I know we probably got some Canadian listeners a little bit excited there. But what do you think about uh, the stimulus deal going through? Yeah, about time and... You know, I think it's still in the Senate to be voted, but it's passed through the House. Trump signed off on it. Um, but essentially, aside from just the direct payments, there's talk of COVID-19 portion of the bill where it revives a weekly pandemic jobless benefit boost. Uh, this time it'd be around $300. But yeah, there's that's a good thing. There's talk of, of not just a stimulus payment, but helping struggling people more consistently than they have. And you've seen that in Canada. We've been really lucky to have programs in place to, to ensure you're not going to be out on the streets. Yep. But in the U.S., they haven't been as, as fortunate as us. Obviously, it's a bit greater of a task with how many people they have, but uh, you know, to have it take this long is almost inexcusable, in my opinion. But what are your thoughts on it? Well, I think it's interesting the lack of support that the U.S. government has given individuals in the in the pandemic here. We've seen their, their first stimulus bill maybe just a, a month or two into the pandemic where they dished out a, a check for everybody got 1200 bucks. Right. And yep. uh, now they're dishing out another check for what, if it's passed by the Senate is going to be $2,000. Whereas the Canadian approach to it was kind of just, we're going to hand out a lot more money than this. Uh, the government, the U S government, they did a lot as far as directing funds to the private sector. I think there was a lot of financial support for businesses. I know there was specifically for the aviation industry. There weren't as many layoffs in the U.S. Mm -hmm. aviation industry as there are in Canada. Obviously, Canada's industry, aviation industry specifically, has been decimated by the pandemic, and there has yet to be any specific government support for the uh, industry. But our citizens have been way supported to a way higher degree than uh, than the American our American counterparts. So that's kind of nice to see, but the cost that it's coming at the Canadian, you know, taxpayers is insane. Like it's contributing to Yeah, it. no, it's, it's, we're not in a good financial position. It's almost, it was too much help, uh, so to speak. And some people would probably attack me and say, oh, no, it's not enough help. But uh, I don't mean like that. I just mean it hasn't been handled properly. It's been reckless spending in other areas opposed or, yeah, opposed to just supporting people in small businesses. You see, you know, cash flying around where the Trudeau government sees fit. And whether or not you agree with it or not, uh, we're not in the best financial position right now. But if, you, if there's anything else you want to add on that, I kind of want to end end this thing on a little bit of a lighter note. Yeah, go for it. Take it away. So obviously we had Boxing Day, okay? And I was fortunate enough to get my hands on some cash for Christmas. And, you know, being in my parents' basement and not having disposable income uh, because I don't have a job right now, um, <laughs> my wish list of things has kind of gone up. You know, I haven't really shopped in months. I haven't bought myself any new clothes. Any, and, I, and I came back from France and a frantic escape during COVID. I actually had to throw like half my wardrobe and a bunch of my shoes and my boots and stuff when I was in France. So I you donate them or throw them out? 
Uh, I had to throw them out. I was literally. I guess like, people like, probably weren't accepting uh, donations at that time anyways, right? Yeah, so. well, it was like 2 a.m. I was frantically packing my flat to leave for like a 6 a.m. flight to Scotland. So I wouldn't have time to run her to the local value village in France. Right. That's, a, that's a good excuse then. <laughs> we'll let that one slide. Yeah, we'll let that one slide. Normally I would for sure. I like to donate clothes. But so, you know what? I was like, you know, I got a nice little chunk of cash. Why don't I treat myself? It's not like my expenses are too high right now. This is the time to do it. So this is the only benefit to businesses being closed. I have not seen online deals like this ever because they just needed the volume to be moved. So, you know, make some. So I, I went on to the bay, picked up like four nice button up shirts. I'm talking ones you'd wear like a bar. On You're a, a nice polo day. guy, aren't No, no, no. I, I wasn't going polo. I was actually changing it up. Like I was getting like funky ones with like cool designs and stuff. I didn't go Ooh. like basic polo. Uh, I bought this nice polo shirt though. Uh, with these sailboats on it because i have to keep like kind of like the frat douchey side going back when the summer comes around with the fresh pair of spares, you know, the yacht club yeah exactly um then actually the uh that girl i'm talking to works at at at, a, at marks it used to be marks work warehouse in canada but now it's just marks they like rebranded she was kind of telling me she's like oh it's actually it's a lot nicer now. Like they, they totally changed the brand. It's not just work equipment, all this shit. And I, I have one right around the corner from my house. A couple actually, there's like two in my area. And I was like, ah, oh, okay. Like I'll take a gander. What, you know, what could I, what do I have to lose? Use your discount. Yeah. I took, I took a look, man. Unboxing day in the morning, the deals were actually insane. And they actually carry some sick brands. Like they'll carry Adidas and, um, you know, sport brands like that. Jack and Jones. I like some of their stuff that's not heavily branded Jack and Jones. Even some of the, yeah, they are. Even some of the Denver Hayes and stuff they carry is actually really nice. So I actually got some like nice you know, sweaters with quarter zips. I got some nice t-shirts. I actually bought this new pair of Chuka boots. Is that what they're called? I have no idea what that even I'm means. I'm going quick. I'm going to Chuka. To too. How do you spell Chuka? Is it like C-H-U-K-A? Oh, yeah. It's C-H-U-K-K-A. Chuka boots. Yeah, they're sick. Aren't these just like Chelsea boots? No, no. Yeah. So they're similar. They're similar. Oh, they're lace up. Yeah, they're lace up. So I bought a pair of those and I bought a pair of Chelsea's. Nice. Dude, I'm the, okay. And then I bought a pair of the Superstar Stan Smiths from Adidas on oh, sale. Nice. And then today, the icing on the cake. Today, uh, I'm on Instagram and I get this ad. I want to pull up the company because we don't have it here in Southern Ontario. Uh, the company popped up and this is like proving that it can work. Instagram ads can work. Okay. So I got a, have you heard of Sporting Life before? No, I haven't. Well, they have a distribution center in, in Toronto, but they have like actual big stores up in like Ottawa and Northern Ontario, I believe. Okay. Not, probably not Northern, Northern Ontario, but Northeastern Ontario, I'm assuming. So I, this ad came up there verified, verified Instagram. So I checked out the website and like before I bought anything, I made sure they actually, actually had real stores. <laughs> um, dude, they had NMDs, R1s, on sale for 75 bucks. What? Yeah, like you can probably still look it up right now, like after this podcast. Uh, they had NMD R1s on sale. I'm a size 13, so like finding a normal shoe in a size 13 is very hard, but finding like an NMD R1 that's a, that I like is very hard. So I did like the the filter. There was like four four pairs that had a size 13, and it was like this fucking sick orange pair, like fluorescent orange. I love fluorescent fluorescent uh, gym shoes for whatever reason. I just always buy fluorescent gym shoes. Like my last two, three pairs have been like fluorescent orangey pinkish shit. As you're wearing a lime uh, green too. Yeah, lime green sweater <laughs> recording right now. And yeah, I cop those, dude. These like orange ones. They had some other like they had like the all white ones. They had like all white with like the black and orange accents and then like the red ones. I didn't have my size actually, but it was like the red NMDR ones. 75 bucks. That's insane. Or 80 bucks. It was something stupidly cheap, regularly 175. And I was just like, this is the icing on the cake. So I literally revamped my wardrobe, went to like a way classier look, more mature look, I'll say, uh, with some of the zips I bought, uh, some of the you know, button up shirt. Oh, and I bought a bunch of chinos. Banana Republic was having a fire sale. Dude, it was like, I think it was like $90 chinos. Like khaki pants? Yeah, yeah, kind of like. Oh, you khakis. can't be wearing khaki pants anymore. No, what are you doing? No, 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 no. They're not, they're not khakis. Look up chinos. Look up some, look up, look up, uh, chinos banana republic okay i'm doing it everyone else all it, the listeners do it all everyone do it and it's a different type so it's called like the one i got is like the stretchy it's slim fit but it's stretchy so okay it's those like, are yeah there's so different like colors and stuff tight. they're not all like yeah. no no i didn't get the khaki color i got Whew. the i got the navy i got a beige i think and then i got this like rusted pink and it's sick Ooh. dude I, those were like i got three pairs for 80 bucks or something because uh, I 
yeah, because the pink one was a bit more expensive. But essentially, you know, two pairs of shoes, two pairs of boots, four button-ups, nice polo, a couple of tees, and those chino pants under 600 bucks for everything. Like, That's how pretty fire. How are you? That is like revamping my wardrobe. I can't go anywhere, but when I can. <laughs> You're going to look so good in your parents' basement. I'm Wait for our next Zoom call. Oh, oh baby. <laughs> our next Zoom call is just going to be your feet instead of the uh, yeah. <laughs> You'd like that, you <laughs> sick fuck. <laughs> uh, oh, Braden, can you wiggle your toes for me? Nah. <laughs> I hate feet, dude. I hate feet oh. so, so, so much. Like It's probably one of my least favorite things in the world. People put their feet near me. I want to just chop them off with an axe. Really? I'm not like, I don't really care about oh, I hate them. Feet. Yeah, I Girls hate them usually so ask much. you that, right? It's like, do you, do you like feet? Or are you like scared of feet? Give me a foot massage. No. Yeah. yeah. Sonk. Yeah, I will not. But uh, was there anything else you want to add? That was kind of just my, I just want to leave on that high note. You should probably check out Sporting Life. Whoever's listening, I, I don't know if the, if the sale is going to be continuous. It's Boxing Week, I think. So you might be able to get lucky. That's It's a hard find. There you go. Um, there's your budget finds with uh, Braden Hind. There you go. Marks, check them out. Probably got some shit in stock still. Uh, Sporting Life for NMDs. The Bay's got a good fire or sale on right now. And then, you know, Banner Republic. Not I don't really like their shirts anymore. They kind of become Old Navy, but um, owned by the same brand, but they're, they're too closely intertwined now. But pants, good deal there. Not khakis, though. Not khakis. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's about all I've got. We can wrap it up here. All right, dog. Uh, I guess we will catch you. We're going to be uploading this tomorrow morning. What are we doing tonight? Uh, we'll do it uh, tomorrow morning, I, I'd say. That'll be the, the Tuesday upload there, the 29th. So. Perfect. And then we will have another upload for you guys on uh, on Friday. Well, I guess uh, I'm just going to wish everyone a happy New Year's as well. Uh, we're not going to be not going to have anything live until Friday. So well, I guess we'll probably record on uh, on the Thursday. But yeah, happy New Year's for everyone that's listening. Uh, is, I hope it, 21. What's that? Well, I guess Thursday is New Year's Eve. So we should probably, yeah, we'll do that during the day. We'll have it up Friday. Yeah, we'll get it up early. All right, perfect. Uh, regardless, happy New Year's Eve. We'll talk to you Thursday. See ya.